Hello and welcome to Uncovered Part 2. I am Behram Kazni who you can find at Def Mango on Twitter and with me is Jared Kimber you can find absolutely everywhere. Lots of fun stuff to talk about with respect to current affairs in cricket and and the news that's circulating and what better place to start Jared than the beautiful exchange between KP and AB de Villiers that we saw on Twitter. This was not originally on the itinerary. I literally put it in last minute because how can we not talk about uh, Kevin Peterson initially saying that you know after 100 meters a six should be 12 and then AB de Villiers chiming in and saying Yeah I agree but 12 is too much so let's go with 9 because it's an upside down 6 and it might just be the best thing I've read on Twitter in a while. <laughs> it's hurt my head. This <laughs> this is um the World Cricket Committee the MCC World Cricket <laughs> Committee coming up when people <laughs> Let me tell you a story actually because it's unfair to pick on AB and and KP um even though they're obviously ludicrous suggestions which we can go through step by step in a moment. The World Cricket Committee a few years ago, Steve War decided that um uh, to find match fixes what we needed was lie detector tests. Mm. Right? Now, I don't know how much you know about lie detector tests. I happen to know a little bit about them. And oh. so I was at the press conference going, "But don't lie detectors have false po- positives?" Mm. Right. The other thing is that there are many people. There's a reason why we don't actually use lie detector tests to decide if someone is guilty or not, Bayram. It's because they're not accurate. Right? <laughs> and so Steve Waugh and his lie detector friend um wanted players to opt into a system, right? Where they would get lie detector tests, uh, to take lie detector tests on whether they had done fixing or not. Hmm. This is what happens at these meetings. Absolute <laughs> ludicrous nonsense is spoken by people who and I'm just not having a go at Steve Waugh here. Hmm. Steve Waugh doesn't it's not it, I'm not expecting him to be an expert on lie detector machines, right? Hmm. What I am expecting though is that it shouldn't just be play, former players in the room because a lot of them get their news from Facebook, right? Hmm. And a lot of them don't get read news at all. And a lot of them are not and they don't understand science they don't understand you know um uh, outcomes and all these sorts of things so let's get to kp let's yeah. take it step by step kp wants us to give 12 runs to a ball that's hit over 100 meters correct mm-hmm. yep are we sure that measuring systems are accurate bayram i am not for this suggestion but the only way you would make it work is have an in a, a visible ring in the crowd that's the only way which again What about if what about if the ball hits the the, the higher up tiers? Hmm. And it doesn't get to that point. That, what if it hits something on the way there? Hmm. Also, I would assume the only way to and I'm not having a go What, with, what if a fan what if a fan from the opposition team catches it right before it crosses that ring? Is it where is it where it lands or is it where it was supposed to land? Hmm? Right? My guess is so to get a really accurate Hawkeye measurement, we have to have, you know, a very still camera without a chip in the ball. I don't even know how this is feasible. So let's start there, right? I do not know how this is even feasible. Um so at the moment, I don't know, if you want to do it in the future for some celebrity competition that, you know, or or for some random competition that's fine. It would be a gimmick though. We have to be this isn't like, you know, in basketball sometimes they talk about having, you know, a, a four-point shot and I know in football occasionally people talk about, you know, kicking two goals if you're further out and all those sorts of things. Absolutely yeah. fine. Um but you have to know that at a certain point these things are gimmicks but to be fair boundaries were gimmicks 
Um, you know, and, and three-pointers were gimmicks as well. Sometimes gimmicks end up being great things. I just don't see how this improves the game in any way, shape, or form. But if you go back to Martin Crowe when he was coming out with Cricket Max before T20, he had things like this. So I understand it. So I don't know how you measure it, so it's a pointless thing at the moment. Um, what And AB's is it should be a nine because that's a six upside down. Yep. I don't know how to deal with that as, <laughs> as logic. Like I – like – that's like saying it shouldn't be a sandwich. It should be a burrito. I mean, yes. Okay. <laughs> you know. It's, if you thought that nine being an upside down six is bizarre, wait till you hear AB's other suggestion, which is well, the three commentators uh, who are commenting on the game as is, they should be acting as the third umpires, not the third umpire who is qualified and has worked his way up to become an elite panel umpire in the ICC. They should then decide the result of a decision that goes upstairs. So there's so many issues with this. First of all, they're not umpires. Secondly, there's the whole home bias thing. If, if, if you're playing in Australia and there's one commentator from the other country, what to do then? And then this is what I tweeted. Think of this. We're in the future and this has been incorporated. AB suggestion is now part of the law book. There's been a monkard. It's gone upstairs. And Ravi Ashwin, Stuart Broad and Liton Das are commenting. What about that then? <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's beyond ludicrous. And also, and I have a lot of respect for AB DeVillers. Obviously, you know, we shared a producer for a long time. Mm. Um, I, and, and as a cricketer, uh, you know, and as a person, you know, mm. I don't know him personally, but I've got a lot of friends in common. Everyone tells me he's great. This is yeah. one of the stupidest things anyone has ever said. It is mm. patently disrespectful to umpires. Because I can tell you, as someone who has commentated for years, most commentators do not know any of the laws, let alone the right ones at the right time. Then the yeah. idea that you're going to do it by committee, right, is like, what? Well, it's going to take forever and there's going to be, it, it, I just can't see how that is going to add to anything again. Mm. So I don't think most commentators know the laws thoroughly enough to make adjudicate. And if you watch any time there is a moment in cricket, how many times do the commentators get it wrong? And yeah. I'm one of them. As I said, I am a professional mm. commentator. It has happened to me. It is not my job to know about the impl implementation of the laws. I'm not spending all my time keeping up with the laws and thinking of all the different um, situations that might happen because I am a commentator and mm. I am doing other jobs. Right. Imagine, imagine the umpires going up to the commentators. Um, that that would be just hilarious. And and I just want to give a shout out to uh, Cameron Ponzinbi. I think he had the best tweet on this. And he basically, do you know about Joey Barton? You probably heard of him, right? Sad, sadly, I do. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So basically, for, Joey Barton. One of those people who read who read a couple of books and people thought was smart, and it turns <laughs> out he's just an absolute idiot. I mean, I saw that absolute idiot thing coming from a mile, even in his playing days. He was one of those really aggressive sort of uh, weird characters. But he said a lot of, like, he has one garbage take after another. Uh, one of his garbage takes was basically that you need to have played the professional sport to be able to comment on it. And uh, basically, that's what the first part of Cameron Ponson B Street was, that that's what Joey Barton says. And then he says, A.B. de Villiers, nine is an upside down six and Pommy Mbangwa should be the third umpire. So... <laughs> Well, let's go back to the Joey Barton thing because I've never had a, I haven't really had a chance to speak mm. on it. I've been told this before by a former cricketer who said the exact same thing to me mm. about why women shouldn't commentate in cricket. Mm. I know professional male athletes believe this. And I looked this guy in the eye and I said, should I be able to do it? And he went, yeah. I went, but I haven't played professional cricket at any level. 
Yeah. So does my penis give me some special power <laughs> that allows me to commentate when a woman who is professional, who's worked her ass off, got to the levels, a better cricketer than me, probably forgetting gender, just a better cricketer than me, she can't commentate, but I can? So that's where their fallacy always comes out. Look, I, I, I don't know what to do with the ABWs one. I, as I said, I do think it's disrespectful to umpires. I, I think you just get a lot of shit umpiring decisions, right? I, yep. Again, if you, but if you look at it from the KP, ABWs side of things, these are two guys who are entertainers and they are looking for entertainment. Would it be entertaining? Nope. Probably. Would it be good yeah. for the sport? No. Would I, if I was a professional, right, and I wasn't AB or KP and I was a lower down professional and I'm playing in my fourth game and I failed in my first three and I've, I've done something and the three idiot commentators, maybe I'm one of them, is in the booth yeah. and we get the decision wrong and they get dropped and they never play again, mate. We're not, if an umpire gets a decision wrong and an umpire is professionally trained and done everything they can to be the best, at, you know, in, in, their, in their class and do something, you shake your shoulders and you walk off and, and, and you do what you do. If it's yeah. some commentator who is, as you said, biased, as mm -hmm. you said, just doesn't like the law, right, so they're yep. deciding not to implement it. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the stuff I've heard from commentators, I'm like, I'm not sure they should be allowed to choose what they want for lunch, let alone make a decision on a cricket field. <laughs> like, and, and, and again, it's, there has to be a demarcation at a certain point between entertainment and cricket. I yeah. think we should always factor in entertainment. And as I was saying before, there are, there are parts of cricket that exist partly for entertainment that have made the sport better, right? Mm. So I'm okay with those sorts of things. But not if you're making it worse for no reason as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and a, imagine and a six and an upside down, the upside down nine. I don't think you. <laughs> what? You, how do you follow that anyway? Right? Yeah, it's it's really bizarre. And also, I mean, imagine soft signal going to the commentator's box, right? Oh. That, that that would be another uh, nightmare. But anyway, time some time for some serious talk. Of course, we've got other things on the itinerary and uh, in uh, some unfortunate news. Uh, both Harry Brook and Virat Kohli have withdrawn from parts of the upcoming India versus England five-match test series. Uh, Brook, I believe, is out indefinitely. He's uh, cited family uh, or personal reasons. And as is Virat Kohli, but he's only out of the first two tests. Mm. Uh, Jared, it definitely diminishes the quality of the series because those are, well, Virat Kohli, you could argue, is the best that the game has seen or one of the best that the game has ever seen. And Harry Brook was amongst those three to four young batters who was looked upon as, you know, the next generation of elite batters. And he'd had a fantastic start to his mm. test career as well. We were, we were all super stoked to see whether or not Basball works on India's rank turners, which we can definitely expect to see. Um, how disappointed are you that these guys will miss out on some games? I mean, the truth is that I think we need to get to a point where we just consider this no different than an injury. Hmm. Um, you know, whether it be a mental health injury, uh, you know, a physical health injury, it took us a long time to, I think, get to the point where we started to think of those as injuries as well. And, uh, you, you know, we want work-life balance. I think the – I was brought up to think that test cricket was war and that you had to put that before mm. everything else. And I think we now all understand that that's kind of nonsense. Um, yeah. And realistically, your, your, your family comes before your badge. And if it doesn't – you know, I think you probably have the wrong priorities if we're being completely honest. Um, so, so yeah, so I do, I do think that uh, from that point of view, it's uh, fine and just another, you know, they're missing the, t the test. 
I think it's disappointing from a Harry Brooks point of view. Just yeah. uh, well, sorry, from a Harry point point of view, just because w- I think we still he still has questions about how he plays Ben, hmm. and he also was maybe the most talented young England player that was going to be going over there. And so he's the Pretty most much. exciting one. Plus he's just exciting to watch. Vera Coley, mm. look, Vera Coley's missed tests before. And, um, yeah. you know, the you know, at that's fine. It's just, it's just a little bit more awkward because of where Harry Brooks career is. I hope mm. in both cases, um, they get all the support and, 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 um, uh, you know, um, things get better for them and, and, uh, you know, they can come back and play as soon as possible. But yeah, more from a, you know, this is a cricket podcast. I don't, you know, know exactly what the reasons for the, um, uh, the personal issues are. And and sometimes I find this out. Sometimes I don't find it out and and I don't find it out because it doesn't help me all that. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't change my decision, but I think just from a cricket perspective, it's a little bit uh, unfortunate that Harry Brooks not going to be playing. Oh, 100%. Uh, particularly, I was uh, really looking forward to watching him bat in India because that would tell us a lot about Harry Brook and where he's at as a young developing cricketer. And uh, Kohli, as you mentioned, this is not the first time he's put family first. He took those test matches off in Australia as well. And hopefully mm. everything is well on both fronts. I hope that Harry can return and play a couple of tests in this series. I don't know what the exact news is over there, but I would love to see that. But what's disappointed me, Jared, is that we've seen a lot of hate comments, and that's not cool. Have we? Uh, I I mean, I haven't really been on Twitter. So hate to Virat. Um, more, so on, more, more so uh, uh, towards Harry, actually. Well, hate from who, though? Like, what sort of fans? Mm. Well, all sorts of fans, but uh, if I say something now, it might put my position in jeopardy, and I start getting that hate. Remember that cricket is a funny game. 100 years before we protected our heads, players looked after their groins. So don't be as stupid as old cricketers and protect your computer today. NordVPN is the protection I use when facing cyber shortfalls or when rights issues try to dismiss me. NordVPN will help you get through the straight bat of any geo blocks so you can watch all the cricket you want. If you need your pitch changed, well, NordVPN can doctor any surface to a new location so that your IP address is set up for you to win. Want to buy an associate cricket shirt from a place that won't ship to your country? Select NordVPN. Want to watch a game on a free stream in another hemisphere? NordVPN. Or if you just want to watch a clip on social media that a cricket board won't allow you to, promote NordVPN to pinch it for you. So if you need a VPN, go Nord. Use nordvpn.com forward slash Kimber to get a huge discount off your Nord VPN plan plus four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. The link is in the show notes. Protect your computer like a cricketer protects its nether region with Nord VPN today. Oh, okay. I get where, I get where you're going there. Um <laughs> What, so when and then when Virat does it, it's not. I mean, as I said, go to out of context cricket, and there's actually this n- screenshot of both of those instances. Same account says, "Oh, you've chosen your I don't know personal commitments over your country." And then on the other way, other one is like, "All right, Virat Bhai, we understand." <laughs> out of context cricket. That's actually a really good Twitter account. Um, yeah, I don't know if I follow them, but they they do do some um, they do 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 some good stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, there are a bunch of out of context crickets now. Actually, I don't even know which one's the authentic one, but there is one really good one out of all. Of okay. Them. <laughs> uh, look, yeah, 
personal reasons over country shame. We understand King Coley. Yeah, okay. That is pretty funny, actually. That po- yeah. I mean, how do you ever tweet again when you get, like, caught doing stuff? I, I, I have no idea. Um, I, like, I don't understand how people like Boris Johnson and, and uh, um, uh, you know, well, most of our politicians now, Boris Johnson, Trump, Modi, mm. um, how they go on because they get caught in such blatant lies and they just never look behind them, I suppose. It's, it's that, that's yesterday's news and I'm on to my new scandal. Um <laughs> Uh, but it's the same with Twitter. Like I'd be like, oh, I'd be injured for a week if that happened to me. Mm. Um, as I said, we I think we should be accepting of these things. Mm. Um, I I don't think it's ever affected my work. But you know, we you know, my wife and I have been through miscarriages before. I uh, you know, um, and I think it was when I was at Cricket Info, and I told Samba, and Samba just said, "Get better." You know, mm. look after your wife and get better, and that's and I and I'm not saying either of these guys go through miscarriage because I don't mm. know, as I said before. Yeah. But we have to go through these things, and your mm. kids get you know. Um, uh, I, I, when I was working for Scotland, might be the most dramatic one. I don't know if I've ever told this story before, actually. Mm. So it's we. I was working for Scotland, and my whole family was in Dubai with us uh, during that World Cup, and it was just the boys. It was before I had um, uh, Clementine and. Uh, I was at the game and suddenly the social media manager from Scotland came up and she's, it was quite young at the time. Um, and she, she just had this ashen look on her face and I could tell something was going on, but I'm analyzing the game. So I'm logging things in the computer system and, you know, doing all the things that I'm normally doing. And I could tell something was going on, but I had no idea what was to do with me. And then suddenly she came over and she said, your son's just been taken to hospital. Oh. Right. And Cricket Scotland, um, uh, Simon Smith, who no longer works for Cricket Scotland, but uh, he was a very important person at Cricket Scotland at the time, he basically just kind of slid my laptop over and said, mm. go to the hospital, right? Now, it was, a re- it was I think, it, actually, it wasn't that important a game, but, but it was an important game to us eventually qualifying for the World Cup. Mm. But there was no thought process that I was going to continue to work at that stage. It turned out yeah. my son was absolutely fine. Um, it took me a long time to find the hospital. Then you like this. They wouldn't let me into the hospital because I said, I'm here to see my son. And the guy's like, no, no, no children have come in. And I was like, hmm. are you sure? My wife's literally dropped a pin on the map because we were having so much trouble. Me and the liaison officer trying to find this random hospital in Dubai. The guy's like, no. And it turned out that because my, my wife is not white, mm. he was thinking in his mind, no white children have come in. Classic. <laughs> yeah. And so, but, but. Not everyone at Cricket Scotland completely backed me. And of course they would. They're human beings, right? Of course. Um, And if you are tweeting what that person has tweeted on Out of Context Cricket, you have to actually start to think about what your priorities are in life. Like (laughs) something has happened in Harry Brooks' uh, uh, life. And I remember when – and I'm pretty sure I've got all this this, uh, story right. But when Ben Stokes pulled out of – oh, God, what cricket did he pull out of? Um, A lot of cricket. All of cricket, yeah, but there was one when he when he went um, when I think his father was passing away, um, yeah. and I can't remember what the series was he pulled out of. And me and George Dobell, I don't know how we both got tagged in this, but this guy kept tagging us, going, "This guy doesn't want to play for his country, um, and he's actually um, he'll be back in time for the IPL and all this sort of stuff." And we don't know how to. We didn't want to. We knew what the story was, right? Mm-hmm. We don't, but we don't want to be there on Twitter, going, "Mate, this is legit." He's you know, his father is about to pass away. I think that was the story anyway. I could, it was a few years ago now. I can't remember. Um, but people are so angry about everything, right, yeah. on, on, on social media. And they just jump to these wild conclusions. But it doesn't matter. It could be, it could be as simple as a player's pet has died, 
right? Mm. And that has affected them so emotionally that they need a break. And that might seem silly to many people. That's fine. But it doesn't to the person who it's affected. Absolutely. You know, and, and we had... We had a situation in the last week in the NBA where a young coach of Golden State Warriors passed away. And the Golden State Warriors didn't play their next two matches. They were too upset to go out and play. Mm. But the player that he, uh, that this guy had coached back in Serbia is Nikola Jokic, and he continued to play. It affects all people differently, right? True. The night my nan died, who was almost my best friend when I was a teenager at times, like I was so close to her, just a brilliant old sweary woman that she was, mm. right? The night she died, I had a basketball game scheduled. I still went and played because that was my way of working through it. Mm-hmm. And some people do the exact opposite, right? Yeah. And, and, and how we deal with, tre- with grief, with um, uh, pressure, with uh, family issues, it's got to be independent of each individual mm-hmm. person. And, and, you know, to, to have a go at someone when you don't know uh, the full details, it's like, guys, let's just chill out. And I do say guys because yeah. it generally tends to be guys. Yeah, I mean, that is the vast majority of these instances. But yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll add to whatever you said is that regardless of what the situation may be, you you mentioned a, 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 the passing away of a pet. It could be a mental health break. It could be a birth of a child. It could yeah. be an ailing relative, whatever it may be. These are healthy moves. It probably ends up being better for the player in the long run. And, and we hope that everything's fine on that end. Anyway, let's uh, take a quick break. We will be back with some Bangladesh Premier League news. You're watching Uncovered Part 2 with Behram and Jared, and we'll be back shortly. Thanks to the kind folks at FlexiSpot for looking after my office and my butt by sending me their E7 Pro desk that save your favorite desk heights at a touch of a button. You don't have to crank anything. This thing just finds the height that you like and you can work. And their BS12 Pro chair that supports my posterior while I'm recording, well, this ad and all my shows. If you need great desks, especially ones that change heights or the best quality chairs, head on over to FlexiSpot. Welcome back to Uncovered Part 2, the current affairs bit. And uh, we have some Bangladesh Premier League news to share. Of course, Jared, uh, he basically made me add this one. Uh, The BPL is having some ownership drama. Uh, We've seen that it was a seven-team competition, then became a six-team competition. Now I think it's back to being a seven-team competition. And the Camilla Victorians, uh, they will basically stick around in the BPL till uh, the 2025 season. After that, they're done. Some franchises have new owners. Did they change their mind though? Did they not change their mind recently and say that they were going to stick around for long? I I mean, you might be right. It's it's developed so quickly. Who knows? Mm. By the time this comes out, they they could decide that they are a six and not a nine. Yeah. But also there's other stuff that's happening, right? Uh, A lot of these franchises have new owners. And weirdly enough, there's been an owner switch in some of these franchises that you, you know, owning one franchise one season and another one the next. And, yeah, I, I'm not too sure what's going on over here, so educate me. So essentially, and I've done a podcast about all the T20 leagues um, mm-hmm. uh, coming up very, very soon on Red Inca. So it's quite an interesting topic. But essentially what has happened here is you had a you had a situation where they went private ownership and the private owners invested quite a lot of money and the BPL became an important league for a little while. You know, the West Indian players were there. I think AB de Villiers played in it at one stage. Mm. And I had this all. And then there was an argument between, I think it was about Shaqib wanting to change teams, if I remember correctly. Mm. And they basically kicked out uh, the owners and went back to a, league, a, a, a cricket board run league, right? Mm. But then some owners stuck around and some owners didn't. And... So part of the issue now is the fact that there isn't a money sharing model 
for mm. the ownership group. But what they have done is that this is a classic case of that league is now completely irrelevant, right? I'm only talking about this because of what a mess it is. It is outside of maybe the New Zealand League, and I would say the New Zealand League at least is trying to be a domestic league with a couple of low-level international players, whereas the BPL probably still has some visions of being bigger than that. But it really shows you how important management is, how important the decisions you make are. If they'd always wanted it to be a league without um, uh, external finances and everything else, absolutely fine. But they've just kind of made all the mistakes you can make in that one particular league. And so what they have is like uh, a, a half Premier League and a half non-Premier League all together. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's a real shame because I think it, it, the way that the old BPL was going... I thought at the very least there was a chance of getting really good, high-quality players coming through, some good coaches. Um, you know, I was offered a couple of jobs there um, in the BPL. Like, it's feeling like a league that was really moving forward. Um, and I think it's a time when Bangladesh just needs that. It needs, you know, yeah. uh, you know, good coaches coming in, uh, top international players and everything else. But every time the BPL seems to be in the news, it's because the the uh, cricket board has done something stupid with it, um, yeah. or or uh, the other one is the um, the another cricket board of course at the moment with their no objection certificates, which I'm sure you're oh. going to tell me about. Yeah, uh, so you mentioned quality players, uh, you know, not being available for the BPL anymore. Well, a lot of Pakistan players uh, did go and play that league. Of mm. course, Pakistan players don't get the SA20 gigs and the IPL gigs for reasons that are not their fault. But Bangladesh Premier League has been one of those. Uh, Havens where they've really gone and honed their skills and entertained masses. Well, uh, Pakistan has this new stipulation that centrally contracted players will only be allowed to feature in two franchise T20 leagues apart from the PSL starting July. So weird calendar year over there, right? Mm. And uh, basically, uh, they've denied Fakhr and they've denied Zaman Khan. And more importantly, they've denied Mohammed Haris, who's not playing domestic. He's not playing the President's Trophy. He was warming Pakistan's bench for the longest time, not playing any cricket. Then he was dropped, saying that he was rested from warming the bench, I suppose. And now he basically made his way to Dhaka. He was there. He was training with the you know BPL side that he was with. And then he was basically denied that no-objection certificate, saying that this would be his third league so he can't play. Whereas if you look at the likes of Haris Rauf, in this period, he's played the Major League uh, tournament. He's played the 100 and mm. the Big Bash League. You've got the likes of Azam and Shadab Khan who are set to play uh, the ILT20 which will be their third league. So there's a disparity over here. I'm not sure what the reason is but it's poor for both Pakistan cricketers who want to earn a franchise paycheck and for the BPL. Yeah. Um, I think there's a huge restraint of trade um, mm. lawsuit that can come from this as well. I, you're not, you're gonna be shocked here, but I'm not an expert on Pakistani law. But I just don't really see how this is allowed to continue the way that it is. And I know other boards have talked about it as well, and they've been worried about getting stung with restraint of trade as well. Um, that's my major issue with it. I don't, I, I don't think it's acceptable. But the boards are trying to keep some power as mm. it's slipping out of their fingers. I'm not sure I would want to damage my relationship with a young talented player like Muhammad Harris for something mm -hmm. that probably doesn't matter all that much in the long long term. And if yep. they're not enforcing this rule for other people, they're also going to look like bigger idiots um, as well. So, you know, from my perspective, it looks kind of stupid all the way around. In some ways, I would say it's like a six, but turned upside down. <laughs>
I mean, what's what's more ridiculous over here is that you know if he was playing the President's Trophy, he was playing red ball cricket. I'd still understand. You're you're prioritizing your domestic mm-hmm. competition. You want your Premier players to play it. He's not. You know, he's not playing any cricket. He hasn't played any cricket since a while now. Why are you restricting him where he could go and earn a paycheck and up his skills potentially in a T20 World Cup here where you've clearly... I don't even know what your plans are with respect to Mohamed Haris. This is the thing with Pakistan and young players. They make it difficult for them. And unfortunately for Mohamed Haris, he's the sort that he'll he'll put stuff up on Instagram, right? He'll, he'll make that emoji with a zipper on it. So I fear for him. And uh, I... You know, this is Pakistan cricket. Your mind always goes to a potential vendetta that might be at play over here. Like, why is he being dealt the way he's being dealt with? And, you know, I'm not sure if they had a conversation with him prior to he him leaving for Bangladesh. But this is just a poor look going forward. And it's not like you're playing or you're paying your players the best sort of money in the world. You're not even offering them the best kind of medical care because your rehab process is shit. There is no players union. I could go on and on about this, right? Like The union is, no is the important thing. The union There's is no really trust. important. Right? Absolutely like, no trust. Players are insecure. Right? You've got and, to, uh, I just don't think in modern cricket, and it's going to get worse with ownership groups coming in, that they, I, what is the, I think it's the four major teams, which is Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, and India. And I understand their union culture isn't as big in, in subcontinent as it is in other places. I'm sorry, you just have to unionize. You guys are Absolutely. just going to get screwed over. IPL players are underpaid um, considering how much the IPL makes. Um, they, they are not making as much money as they should be. Uh, it's, there's so many people who are getting ripped off in so many ways. The, the cricket union can only be so powerful, uh, you know, and without all the boards being involved, or sorry, all the player bodies being involved, um, Unionize, unionize, unionize is what I would be saying. Uh, especially as the the future of cricket, it becomes more and more confusing because of the ownership and the, the boards. But yeah. board, boards don't treat pe- people fairly, right? Mm-hmm. They just don't. And you have to I mean, force them to. Pakistan players earn, what, 3% of the revenue? So they are criminally underpaid and uh, you're putting stipulations on them. They don't already pay play the IPL. Cricketers have a shelf life. You don't protect them. There is no transparent communication. There's always someone new up top. It's an absolute shit show. I think Arco has said the exact same thing over here. And it's really frustrating because you don't want your talent to go rogue. If tomorrow Mohammed Harris decides that he's going to pack his bags and go play his cricket or apply his trade in the United States of America, I'd get it. But that would be devastating. No, exactly. And, and, but that's where the board have got to wake up as well. They don't mm. hold the power the way that they used to. The PCB have wanted to bring this in for a long time, right? And mm. they've flirted with it a couple of times. I can't believe that no lawyer has told them that this is a bad idea. Um, it's a bad idea from PR. It's a bad idea from player management. And my guess is it's probably a bad idea legally. These players have a finite amount of time that they can make the most money possible from their, their careers. Lots of people get upset. Oh, he gets paid this and he gets paid this and everything. It's like, yes, they do. They also put their body on the line and quite yeah. often they really struggle financially after they retire. There's hmm. Professional athletes deserve um, a share of the profits of what they are made, making. Hmm. And they deserve their opportunities to make as much money as they can during their career. And if you start to limit that, I think – I. I, I I don't think it will work anyway, but also I think it's a terrible way of of planning cricket, of of running cricket, I should say. It's even worse when you have other players who have 
or are set to play that third league of the year, right? So what message are you sending? And what relationship are you maintaining with the Bangladesh board, right? This is all just all too bad. Anyway, that brings our episode to a close. Of course, Alexander Cockburn has asked about Glenn Maxwell. We don't know enough right now, but what we do know is that he might have party too hard. Anyway. Uh, oh, I don't know anything. Oh my God, I'm learning this like <laughs> Anyway, I'll Google it while you end the show. Yeah, so basically, uh, thank you everybody in the comment section who joined us for Uncovered Part 2. As Jared mentioned, we will be splitting up Uncovered moving forward. There'll be the cricket performances and then the cricket current affairs stuff. And uh, in the audio, that'll be split up. On YouTube, for whoever watches us live, it's the same thing still. So nothing's going to change over there. And if you liked it, you know, like the video, share it with your friends and subscribe to both this channel and Jared's other channel. We'll be back with another uh, or two other episodes of Uncovered next week. But that is all for now. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. This podcast has an ad-free version via Patreon, where there are also many other extras as well, including a Discord channel where you can chat to me directly. There is a link to the Patreon in the show notes. We are an independent podcast, so support us any way you can. Maybe give us a review, subscribe, or share on social media. All of these things help us. And when it comes to podcasts, word of mouth is always the best way of making it grow. If we had a guest on, chances are their socials are in the show notes. Please support everyone who comes on this show. I am Jared Kimber, and this is my network. But we also have hosts and co-hosts like Baron Kazi and Estelle Vasudevan. This network is overseen by Nick McCorriston, and each episode is produced by Ishit Kaburka at Sound Potion Studio. Mukunda Bandredi, or Muku, as most people will know, is the head of our YouTube channels, and he also helps out with so many other things like the podcast recording. And there's so many other people we could thank here, but I just want to thank all the listeners and all the people who help behind the scenes that make this podcast work. Tired of editing your podcasts and videos because you are as lazy as me? Well, try using Memento FM, an AI-based service that cuts and dices, so all you have to do is hit post. Try Memento FM today.